Hey, husband. Yes, wife. What do you call a cow with no legs? What? Ground beef. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Random's Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm tired. No, really? Yeah. I tired. I'm wife. No, you, you can't do those. You you already got your dad joke in in the pre-recording. Well, if you're going to give me answers like you're tired instead of being husband, you get what you get, you don't get upset. Well, I am also husband, and we're here with part two, the follow-up. Of the monkeys. The sequeling. The monk. Of our monk review. So... Just a quick recap for everybody. Last episode, we went through the abilities for the new Monk set, which is being produced by the team over at the Retro Wow TCG group. Woo-hoo! So, if you haven't already, which, as always, I don't know how you found us, but I'm glad you're listening, go check them out on Facebook, and you can take a look at the Google Doc or some of the, the downloads that he has set up for the set we're going to be discussing. You can also check out the RTO Games Twitch channel, where they are live streaming on Saturdays their testing sessions with the new cards. And they're really fun to watch. And yeah, so getting everybody back into this wonderful game. And we're there. It's new stuff. It's so exciting. It is exciting. So our game plan is we're going to run through the remainder of the set, which is another 28 cards or so. Yes. Uh, and then we're 27, something, somewhere in the 20s, high 20s. So... Once we run through all the cards, we're probably going to do another episode as a recap to kind of go over everything and what our thoughts overall are. Because a lot of the things that we saw last time or spoke about last time really weren't, I guess, well-informed would be yeah. the Because we didn't, we wanted to do everything freshest, hottest takes of we just saw yes. these cards, I printed it out, and we're going over them now. So we're going to dive right into it. We're going to start with the Allies. So, wife, you want to take the first one? All right. Our first ally is Ban Lu's Masterful Tiger, which just sounds fun. Uh, It's a two-cost ally. It is a beast cat. It is a mount, and you pay one less to complete quests. When you place a resource face up, your hero has plus two attack and conspicuous this turn. Do you remember what conspicuous is? Doesn't it mean that if somebody can block, they have to block? Sort of. So, do you remember Dagum Tigor, the ninja ogre? Yes. So, that was the first instance of conspicuous. Basically, it means all of your opponent's guys. Oh, they can all block. I was close. Against this guy. I was so super close. Against, so when it gives your hero conspicuous, that's where it comes in. Now, this, first off, I love that the, there are beasts. Yes. That's super cool, so that means it can go into other things, such as maybe Rexar can go tutor for it. Yeah. It also has the old mount text, like the original mount text, where it just reduces the cost. Now, I do like that Cryptozoic and Upper Deck had tried to branch out into other mount ideas. So, among the original mounts, or original sets of mounts, some of them could ready locations mm-hmm. and things like that. Problem is, is that later on, a lot of them, I think Fossilized Raptor was the only one that had this text, and it cost four. Oh, yeah. Which was way too much. 
It's like, oh, I'm going to skip turn four. This is two, which is very reasonable. I think it's reasonable, and I think it's it's useful. It's a, the reason why they all had it. It was because it is still useful. Now, here's the thing. I was initially going to say that the two attack is super crucial, and it is, because in Classic, you really want to make sure that you can do two damage for one resource. Yeah. So on turn one, it's important to kill that Jade Fire Scout. That sort of thing. Agreed. Now, if you're going first with this... You could play it on turn two, and then turn three you resource and get to it. Yeah, but ideally you're playing it on turn three. and then Yeah, you kind of treat it like a, yeah. a death charger. So death charger, you play on turn three, you immediately play a resource, give something minus three health. Or yeah. uh, dread steed, you play something, shoot something for two. Problem here is the conspicuous, so your opponent's hero will always have the advantage or the ability to jump in front. Yeah. And soak the attack. So... I think this is really cool because of the beast tag and because of the one less to complete quest. The face-up resource thing, I don't know how often it's going to come into play. This is true, but... but it's neutral. Yeah. So, But it, it does require a monk, so it's not necessarily going to work with the other monster heroes. I don't know. We'll have to see how it comes and yeah. out. But it has potential. I think it definitely has potential. Plus it's a tiger. That's not spectral. So I like it. Anyway. So the next one is Chiba of the New Morning. It's a neutral four-cost ally. It's a Hosen Monk. Chiba 1. I don't... I haven't gotten this far. I just started playing WoW again. I haven't gotten this far in Pandaria because I haven't played it before. I don't know who this is. Do you know who this is? Um, I know the Hosen are the monkey people. Well, I knew... I had met the Hosen. And that's all I got for you. I don't know who this character is, so I can't give a uh, review on the lore aspect. But, so, what does this ally do? Well, it's a four cost, again. Uh, it's remove a monk you control from the game. Put a 1-1, one, one, one melee damage, one health. Or, excuse me, this is it. Puts a one melee, one strike cost, one-handed staff weapon with melee one, equipment token into play that is plus one wield, and basic destroy this, return the removed monk to play, exhausted under its owner's control. Now, wife, unfortunately, what I have in front of me does not have the ally stats on it. Um, it is one attack and seven health. It's a one seven? Yes. That's a big butt. Yes, it is. So, this thing is not going to eat it, but you're really... I would assume not playing this for the body. Yeah. Now, it can remove itself, which, which I don't know if that'll matter. Maybe that'll come up. Maybe? But four for a... And you don't have to pay anything to remove it, but since it has a one strike cost, you're not doing it the turn it comes out. I'm not too excited unless there are more monks with uh, enters play abilities so yeah. that you can abuse it with that. I and since it's basic, you can't save something, like, in response? I agree. I think it's a put a pin in it. Let's see what we got coming up. But, so what do we got next? All right. Our next is Conqueror China. It is a two-cost monster neutral ally. It is a Mogu Necromancer. Opposing monks and monk cards have minus one attack. It is a two attack, four health, shadow damage. It's a two four yes. or two? Yes. That's a pretty good body. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty solid body. Um, I think it's cool that the necromancer tag is there. 
I also think the throwback to Conqueror is interesting because in the Scourge War block, they had Conquerors for Horde, and I forget what the, the Alliance version was, but basically they were the class hate cards. So you had Conqueror Gerano, I think was one of them, and it would be Papa Druid ability when it comes into play. Or another one would be it would hate warriors and you know decrease the power on them. I think it was just a cards for the Alliance. But in any case, I think that's cool. At the same time, I almost think it should be something else since it's a neutral monster and not a Horde one, because Horde was specifically Conqueror, but that's a minor thing. Yeah, that's a minor thing. I I like the body. The thing Uh, is, if you're not playing monks, and we haven't seen how many good... I mean, obviously, the previous ally was a monk, but we don't know how many... There's not going to be, just sheer numbers, there's not going to be a lot of monks. This is true. Allies. Now, we've obviously seen with the abilities that... Solo Monk has serious potential. So maybe that'll matter, and the body is decently sized. So you could run into, say, on you play it on turn two, eat their Roslyn and live, which is important. That is definitely important. So that's another break point. Like we were talking about two damage for one resource earlier. It's important to have four health from turn two on because you want to survive. You don't want their one drop to just eat your two drop. Yeah. So... I think this guy has potential. It's going to obviously depend on monks. I definitely agree with that. Because uh, unless there's a lot of things that trigger off of Mogu, there just are not a lot of things that care if you're a necromancer. This is true. (laughs) Even the Scourge cards don't care for the most part. Which is kind of sad because you want the Scourge to be necromancers. but They have two necros and none of their cards care if you're a necro. I know. But anyway. Anyway. So if you're following along at home, we're skipping Gekin because there was actually an update in the Facebook group that this guy is pending further review. Yes. So we'll move on to the next one, which is... I love this name. All right, you're going to have to read it because it's cut off on my list. Hitomi Crosspaws. Hito, we crossed paws. I don't really care, but it's this is adorable. one of those words. You know, you read it. I, it doesn't. I'm assuming this was a made up name because it doesn't have a one. You know, like I, it's not a unique ally. Yeah. So it's one of those where you read it and they never say it in game, so it's hard to know exactly how it's pronounced. I'm gonna go with Hito, me cross paws because sure. it makes it more adorable. All right. So what is um, what does he or she do? He is Alliance Horde. It is a four cost. Pandaren Monk. At the start of each opponent's turn, Hito taunts an opposing hero or ally of your choice. Friendly monks can protect him. He is a 3 melee damage and 5 health. He's a 3-5 or 4. That seems like a pretty good body. I like so him. The Alliance Horde thing, I'm assuming, is similar to the old uh, Blood of Gladiators allies where basically you choose one. Yeah. So they don't count as both all the time, I'm assuming. I I would assume. So taunt, which is another keyword that's new for this set, is if the thing that is taunted can attack, it must attack the thing that is taunting it this turn. Wasn't taunt a thing before? Well, there was a card called taunt, and there were a lot of cards that would force you to attack. I don't think there were many that would force you to attack a specific thing, though. I may be mixing games in my head, but either way, I like it. Well, Taunt, I I mean, is an actual ability. Well, yeah. I I like it. Now, it's not a May. So, and it, but it is a pseudo-target. So it doesn't, so you can get around something that's untargetable, because it doesn't literally say the word target, but it's of your choice. So there's an old, 
I think it's Vorden Shadowbringer from Fires of Outland that would do sort of the same thing, where you could choose a bunch of things to happen, but you don't target it. So it would allow you to get around, say, Miriam Starcaller or the Pants deck. So those things are relevant if you want something to face check Hito. Yeah. I, without the May, I mean, he's not as fun in my head, but I still think he could be a lot of fun. Um, I think he's pretty strong because he's essentially a protector. Because say you're playing against an aggressive deck, you play him, you taunt whatever you don't want punching you in the face. Yeah. And it's a 3-5, so it's probably going to kill anything or most things through turn four. Which is really useful. And it's going to live, most likely. I mean, maybe Adam Eternum is going to evenly trade with him. But that's assuming your opponent doesn't phase him out. And if they phase him out, now they're set back. I like this guy. I like him, too. And I like his name. Yeah. (laughs) So, our next one is Lei Shen, the Thunder King. It's a neutral, eight-cost monster. It's a Mogu Warlord. And Lei Shen won. Now, I recognize this name. I remember reading it in the lore books, but I've not gotten this far in Pondere. And I And I probably won't because I, much. I hit level 90 before I even really did it. And he's so, going to hang out with me and Draenor from now on. So, Lei Shen says the damage cannot be prevented. Characters have ferocity and conspicuous and get minus one attack while attacking a Mogu. Where X is the total attack of weapons you control, and he has Divine Shield. So this has actually been edited. Characters have Ferocity and Conspicuous and get minus X attack while attacking a Mogu. Where X is the total attack of friendly weapons, Divine Shield. Okay, that that's reasonable. I don't think and, that... And uh, 5 attack, 5 health, nature damage. 5 nature damage, okay. Yeah. So that's important because there are a number of nature-boosting things. Now, he's an 8 cost. The Divine Shield is kind of important, and for those of you out there that aren't aware of how it works, this is how Divine Shield works in the WoW TCG as opposed to, say, well, Hearthstone. So Divine Shield is this card enters play with a Divinity Counter. If this card would be destroyed or dealt damage while it has a Divinity Counter, you may remove a Divinity Counter instead. So it's a May... So if your opponent decides to poke it for one, you can just eat that damage instead of removing the counter, which is a significant upgrade from the Hearthstone variant. Yeah. Now, that being said, how does this guy shape up? Well, he's going to feel super-duper bad if he gets Hezrianid. Yeah, right? Then again, maybe not, because... So, the clarification on the text, characters have ferocity and conspicuous. It was not updated to friendly, correct? It's only the weapons part is friendly? Yeah, only the weapons part. So, you are, you have to, he's a 5-5 with ferocity, but conspicuous. This guy's going to take some play. He seems like he has potential, but you obviously... He's so expensive. That's the thing. You're going to, there's no way you're not wasting your entire, not wasting, but you're using your entire turn on this guy. Yeah. Meaning your opponent's going to get to take advantage of the ferocity first. Yeah, I... Mm. Now, here's what I really want to see. Is this with Renewal of Life? So, Renewal of Life is an old Scourge War badge card. Okay. It's a four-cost uh, ring that is for healers, if I recall correctly. And I don't think it was in the updated monk items list. But, regardless, it's so paladins, shamans, priests, uh, druids. At the start of your turn, you can destroy it. If you do, everybody returns all their allies to play. 
That would so be here's the thing: you <laughs> dump this guy in the yard, bring him back. Presumably, all of your guys are bigger than theirs, and then you proceed to just smash face. It's like, oh, you want to jump in front? Well, guess what? All of my guys are gigantic. Yeah, that's the goal. And because he gives them all ferocity, yeah. that was always the issue. So when I played a renewal of life deck way back when, I was trying to use arena allies because they had a guy that said give all other arena allies. Ferocity. You, some people have run it with Ruby Enforcer. This guy is a much better Ferocity enabler than any of those. I, okay, so when you say it that way, he sounds awesome. Well, if you without cheated that, into play. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, without that, I'm uh, meh. Well, let's wait and see, because we haven't gotten to the this heroes yet, and because it's Mogu and not Mogu allies, if you have a Mogu hero, that could That's be true. significant. And if you have no other allies... I mean, yeah, you lose the ferocity, but the cons- and the conspicuous can be annoying, but seems pretty good. Yeah. The only thing I'm curious about is so divine shield actually says if it would be discarded, if it would be destroyed or dealt damage, you may remove a divinity encounter, divinity counter instead. So it creates a replacement effect. It doesn't technically prevent. My concern was that. The damage can't be prevented line overrides the divine shield. Oh, okay. I don't think it does because divine shield doesn't literally say the word prevent. Yeah, I don't think it does. So that's how I would, and I assume that's the intent because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. So anyway, let's move on to the next one, which I already know from watching the RTO game stream that it seems kind of bonkers. Um, it is Noob Sagat. It is an alliance two cost ally. It is a night elf monk. Boo. Um, when this ally deals damage to a defending hero or higher cost ally, it deals that much melee damage to itself. It has four attack and four health, and it does fire damage. That is significantly different than my version and what they were testing with. So, my, okay. basically, just for anybody out there who is confused as to why I don't know <laughs> why these cards are changing, is because Wife is looking at the online version, whereas I have a printed out one. Yeah, and apparently I'm a version behind. Like I hope mine's updating. Yeah. So, could you repeat that one more time? Because right, so, this is not even close to what I have. When this ally deals damage to a defending hero or higher cost ally, it deals that much melee damage to itself. Interesting. And how big is it? It is a four-four fire damage. I mean, it's still a four-four for two. The fact that it deals fire damage could be significant. Uh-huh. I don't know how I feel about the rest. So, I think the biggest issue is that it can't attack... Well, it can never attack face. Yeah, it can't attack I, I, face. Well, it can, but it it's only doing it once. The, the obvious or seemingly obvious thing that for this guy is that he wants to eat littler guys. Yeah. So you eat, and it, at a 4-4 four, four for 2, you're almost assuredly going to get a 2 for 1. Yeah. I mean, it's going to help you with all the Horde 1-drops that I know and were And some of the problem. neutral ones. You and could probably eat a 1-drop and then trade up into a 3, potentially 4-drop. So the guys, it still seems pretty strong. It yeah. seems like a pretty good, in line with other really strong, controlling blue allies. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely good for control. It's good for to try to avoid the nuts draws at the beginning. I well, just... if you're on the draw, it's still you're not doing anything with him until turn three because you yeah. still have to ready. That's you true. still have to. So it's it does certainly help. Yeah, but it's not doing anything right away. Of note, he can be played by implored pinprick. I don't then, know why you would right. do it, but you could. Well, I guess. Nah, I can't picture a reason why you'd want to use yeah. him, at least off the top of my head. But anyway, I like the guy. I think I'd have to try him out. Obviously, wants to be a control tool, but we'll see. So the next one is the Shah of Violence. So it's a three cost monster ally. It's a Shah Elemental, Elemental being obviously a relevant or potentially relevant tag. And this guy reads, heroes and allies must attack if able. When this ally is dealt damage, it deals that much physical damage to the source. And what is the health and attack on that guy, White? It is a four attack, three health. And what kind of damage? Shadow. Shadow. It's a shop. Of course it's shadow. I would expect. It could be, Could can they do melee? Do they ever carry weapons? I don't think so. I've only ever seen them and they, they're all weird spirit monsters. Yeah. So, I like this guy. He's, the problem is, is that three health, again, do you really want this guy to trade for a one drop and yeah. his second ability won't do anything? That's kind of... So somebody I just runs like Rosalind in and you yeah, go, sad face. Yeah, I feel like face. his butt needs to be bigger. <laughs> well, if it was, it would be super bad. Yeah. Now, the, the fact that it forces heroes and allies to attack could potentially be useful. Because uh, your hero ha can attack even if it doesn't have any weapons or anything equipped. So maybe this guy and Mikhail? Yeah. I mean, that but that, be... is, that assumes your opponent doesn't have something to run into it. Yeah. I mean, even on the Alliance side, if they go turn one Garrett Vice, turn two Fang, Garrett Vice trades with this guy. Yeah. Or if there's a Ring of Trials out, it kills him for free. Because the second part is non-combat damage. It's also physical damage, so it... Sardok makes him feel bad, because yeah, Sardok will run in and... real bad. Well, he has shadow damage for regular yeah. base, so he'll still eat Sardok, but, like... I want to like this guy, but... Yeah. I don't know, I, I'd, I'd have to see. I Yeah, this is a... Possible possibility. Now we, I'm not over the moon about him, but I recognize that there are ways to get around. Well, let's say you, I don't like about it. Say you played against a control deck that doesn't have many allies, and they have to punch it. You know, like Death Wish yeah. has to punch it. Death Wish is going to take seven. That's true. But and they have to attack. But the thing is, they can just choose to attack you. Yeah. So I, I don't know, since. Wintervale Disguise could, Kid. No, Wintervale Disguise Kid wouldn't even help could here. Give so. your hero elusive. Well, then they would have to attack this. They would this, have to attack but that, but it, with the three, I don't know. I'm not. The more I think about it, the less of a fan of this guy I am. But we'll see if the Elemental or Shaw thing comes back up. Like, yeah. we didn't. Leishen cares about Mogu. We didn't know about that when we were talking about Conqueror, or whatever. So. What's the next one, wife? All right, our next one is Shadow Pan Blackguard. He is a neutral, two-cost, instant monster ally. He is a Pandaren monk. 
Empower Monk. When this ally enters play, if you control another monk hero or ally and an opponent is attacking, you may have this ally become the defender. If you do, destroy a weapon the attacker is striking with this combat. And he has three attack and one health melee damage. So I kind of like this guy. It's a essentially a removal spell. If you're playing a solo monk, this is basically deal three to an attacker. Yeah, and I'm I'm always a fan of instant allies. Yeah, I do really like this guy. He he's not even going to be dead against another control deck because you can just go end a turn and make a three one. Yeah. So I he's you're not going to you know write home about this guy and go and lose your mind, but it's a solid ally. I yeah, like it. I like him. I it's think he's good. You know, he's a good backup plan. Yeah. So our next one is Hack Blowfist. Love the name. He is a two-cost horde orc monk, which is hilarious to me. Can orcs uh, even be monks? I don't know, but the image of it is gonna make me giggle forever. Uh, this can strike with weapons you control. When this deals damage with a weapon to a hero, you may destroy that weapon and each weapon friendly to that hero. It has one attack, shadow damage, and four health. I feel like it would be simpler if it was just worded each opposing weapon that hero controls. I mean, this is less wordy, each weapon friendly to that hero, but it just sounds weird and not very consistent with the way other cards are worded. I I don't think there's going to be a lot of confusion, but... Yeah, it's a little twisty. So... But it, I don't mind the idea of it, because weapon removal is always nice. Well, what's the body on this guy? Uh, he's one attack and four health. I don't like this guy. I mean, the body-wise, I'm, he, I'm not the biggest fan, but I like the weapon removal aspect. I'm not even really a fan of that. Why Why would you play this? That's true. Like, why would you not just play Munkin? I mean, I yes, you could play it in a horde deck with weapons, but if you're playing with weapons... Death Knights and Warriors have a ton of cards to remove weapons. And off the top of my head, I'm not sure about Paladins, but I'm sure there's something else you can run. Yeah. I'm not even sure what weapon you'd want to remove. Honestly, this if this guy true. had Protector, I'd be way happier. Because a one, even a 1-4 Protector can do something. Again, it will at least trade with a 3-2 yeah. eventually. But I... I have a hard time getting excited about this. Um, well, now that you killed my enthusiasm, um, I still think he's, I think he's possible, but now that you're saying it, I am thinking of a bunch of other ways for equipment removal, so maybe? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, He's one I think I'd have to see work out to really make a good judgment. I, I'm not super excited. I have a hard time justifying this guy because not only does it require him, it requires him to ready for a turn, like live to the next turn, and it requires a weapon. Now, granted, you could destroy multiple weapons, but how often are you destroying multiple weapons? That's, yeah. A lot of weapons that are used are two-handers, or that's the only one that they have, like, say, yeah. Netherbreath Spellblade. So you could just run a single target Removal. That's true. Um, I was mostly thinking of your uh, lady with many hands and... Mama Misery? Yeah. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> but that's... <laughs> okay, that's sure. I, I recognize that that's a uh, us 
sort of thing. So, let, I think that's enough for yeah. him. Let's move on to the next one. Crouching White Tiger Statue. It is a monk three-cost ally equipment. It is a Windwalker totem. It is a Tiger one. This totem enters play with a plus one attack counter. At the start of your turn, move a plus one attack counter the, uh, this totem to your hero. I'm assuming that means from. Uh, so two attack only... and two health. So it's a two two for three. Well, a three two for three yeah, that eventually depowers itself. Now it only comes out with one a- plus one attack counter. You yes. said. I mean, if it That's was an inst- if it was an instant, I don't really like this guy because it's a, again two health yeah. as we talked about. So you're you're gonna turn three, do air quotes nothing. And then this guy is going to get eaten by Lady Bancroft. Yeah. And you're going to feel super bad about it. That's true. Now, I'm, Like, if you could move the plus one attack, attack counter at the end of your turn, that could be great. But I think that might also, also make it two nuts. Well, you also probably want it to be a May. Because yeah. in a lot of situations, well, maybe not a lot, but in some situations you would want it to stay a 3-2. That's true. I'm curious whether the totem tag there is... So this guy is melee damage, or what is he? Uh, he is fire. He's fire. So I wonder, because totems do have very specific rules, and I don't know if the intent is for this to also follow those rules. I, I would think it would be, but I'm not sure because it. That's true. It it says totem on the type line. It's going to be a totem. So then it's going to count as an ability ally also. I don't know. Or maybe I didn't see if there was an update to amend it to be totems are ally X, where it could be equipment or ability or both. But in any case, I'm not super excited about this guy right now. Yeah. So I'm not sure it'll come up. (laughs) Yeah. So what's our next one? Our next one is a preening red crane statue. It is a two-cost ally equipment. Um, it is a Mistweaver totem. It is a crane one. At the start of each turn, your hero heals one damage from each friendly hero and ally. And what's the body on this one? Uh, it is a zero attack range damage uh, for health. Zero four for two, it will probably be, if it survives, a zero two on your turn, because yeah. it's going to take three, heal one. The fact that it heals each is important, because if you have triggers, yeah, you know, it'll, it'll pop everything a bunch of times. But since I... you have to wait till your turn, it, this is just begging to get Hezriana. It is. Um, but... If it works out and it doesn't get Hezriana, I'd like it. Even if it works out, does it matter? How often do your your guys survive with damage on them? And, like, the one healing one is going to matter? That's true. I mean, yes, it, not to it's say not, that it never happens. Yeah. But, again, it feels like this really wants to be an instant, and I don't... So, for example, let's compare it to Tidal Totem. It's, it's a Shaman yeah. card. It's a 0-3 for 2. So it, this card's coming out ahead, sort of. It's a zero four versus an instant zero three. That when it comes in, it heals something for three, and then it has mend three at the start of your turn. Heal 
three from something. And it's an instant. So you get into turn, you're essentially healing for six, where, yes, I get that it's in Monk, different class, different rule set, sort of. And it's an equipment, so there's a yeah. positive and negative. There. I don't know. I'm not super excited about this. We're not, like, super excited about it, but I think it's fine. So what do we got next? A snorting black ox statue. It is a three-cost ally equipment. It is a brewmaster totem. Woohoo! Ox one. At the start of each opponent's turn, this totem taunts each opposing hero and ally. Hardiness. And what's har, the body? Har, har, har. Uh, it is one attack, melee damage, and three health. So a one three for three that's a, air quotes, one four. Yeah. I... It has a... I want to like him because he has hardiness. And I I love hardiness. It has pseudo-protector because of the taunt. Yeah. But, I mean, yes, it it does pass the rule of it survives your opponent's one drop. It does not survive two one drops. Yeah. And it costs three. And I'm also going to feel bad if this gets Hezrianid, which I know is a broken record thing, but... I mean, the fact is, there are Warlock decks. You have to at least consider it. And I'm... The fact that this will likely eat it to a single attack from something and not really return anything... Yeah. I don't know. I'm not excited about this guy, and I I want to be. Yeah. Also, whoever wrote the notes um, saying orcs are special, you're my favorite. (laughs) So one thing to keep in mind as we're talking about things with Taunt is that the way it's worded, I believe Taunt will wear off if the thing that's doing the taunting eats it. I think so. So the way Taunt is worded is if the thing that's getting taunted can attack, this turn it must attack the thing that taunted it. So in that case, if the Black Ox statue eats it on attack one, none of the other things have to attack. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Yeah, which makes sense, but it's something to keep in mind as we're evaluating these. So, what's our final statue? It is the Winding Jade Serpent statue. It is a two-cost instant ally equipment. It is a Mistweaver totem. It is a Snake one. If your hero would heal damage, it heals that much, plus one instead. When all damage is healed from a friendly hero or ally, draw a card. Uh, It is zero attack and two health nature damage. So here's the instant, and that's pretty important for this. Yeah. Now, how often you're going to heal something full? I don't Uh, know. I mean... But it does say draw a card, which is something worth expending the effort for. So if you play, say... And we've seen this sort of effect before in Jexali. It's a 2-4 Horde Troll Priest, I think. Uh, That when it comes out, heal your hero for 4. If they have no damage on them, draw a card. So it's something very similar. And you could certainly build things with men triggers. Or even if you go back to the preening red crane. All these other things that say, okay, well heal my stuff, and if you're healing enough, you're drawing a bunch of cards. Now, how you're going to win from there, I don't know. Yeah, but... but Like, of all the totems, I like it the most. I like that one the most. 
definitely. Mostly because uh-huh. of the instant tag, and then also, obviously, because draw a card. Yeah. So, the next one looks fun. What do we got? We have the Big Bad Wolf's Paw. It is a Demon Hunter Monk Shaman. Ooh, he's future-proof in that with the uh, Demon Hunter. He is a three-cost uh, equipment one-handed weapon for fist. It is a melee one. Your your hero must attack allies if able. When an opposing ally is destroyed, put a plus one attack counter on this weapon. Death rattle. Move all plus one attack counters from this weapon to target ally. It has wow. four attack and nature damage. Its strike cost is one. I like this. This thing might be this overpowered. This looks ridiculous. So, I get your hero must attack allies, but you're probably attacking allies to begin with. Yeah. It also only has a one strike cost, which is super important, and it deals four. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. So, on turn four, you play and this. And, and only punch... one strike cost? Yeah, so, like I said, on turn four, you play it, attack immediately, and eat something. Like... That seems super strong. Like, I mean, I can see times when you wouldn't want to attack allies, but in general... Now, the way it's worded, I would think that... So you can't... It's not if you would attack. You must attack allies. It's you must attack allies. So if you don't want to punch that eight attack guy, you don't have a choice. You can't just not attack. Yeah. So that is the obvious drawback. But at the same time... That's why you pack other removal. You know, it would super blow. So it's death rattle move all plus one attack counters from this weapon to target ally. So what if, like, all your allies die and then you have to put it onto an opponent's ally? That would be a pretty savage play on your opponent's part to set that up. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming what would really happen is if you're living the dream, you kill off all their guys... Punch your opponent with it, destroy it on your own somehow, move all the counters to your guy, and then lethal him that way. I mean, I I think that is living the dream, but it would definitely stink if that was able to get around. Get around. I think this, like, this seems really strong. Yeah. I, I see the drawback. That's but, the only drawback I can find with it, so I was just throwing that out there. Well, Otherwise, it, it just seems well, ridiculous. Well, I was referring more to the, uh, you must attack yeah. allies. Now, it, as in, if you don't, again, if you don't want to attack, you don't have a choice. You still have to swing in. So, I don't know. I, I like this a lot. I do, too. I kind of want to play that. Yeah, that card seems super strong. In a variety of builds, because you could play it in solo, use it as a control card. You could use it in aggro and just... Used to clear the path for your guys. And there could be such fun flavor text on that. Yeah. Um, All right, anyway. So moving on. The Fists of the Heavens. It is a four-cost monk equipment. It is a two-handed weapon. It is a talent fist, which you'll explain that to me later. It is a melee one. Windwalker talent. Combo cards in your graveyard gain reciprocate ability, ally, or equipment. It is attack three. Melee damage. So the the updated text on that is reciprocate choice? Yes. Okay, so to as a quick refresher, reciprocate, one of the new keywords is when a blank, so one of those comes into play under an opponent's control, 
you may discard a card. If you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. I... That seems so... Okay, so what's the strike cost and the damage on uh, this again? Well, it has, it's a three attack. It is a melee damage. It says it has zero health. I'm assuming that means a zero strike cost, because there's nothing under strike cost right now. This card is insane. Right? So, first right? of all, a three strike for zero is really strong to begin with. Yeah. And because it... You have to look at weapons as though they have their allies with ferocity, or more sturdy... <coughs> excuse me. More sturdy allies with ferocity. Because your hero can attack right away. So, you're gonna get some value out of it. Yeah. Now, if... That's if we're understanding the wording on that, where it has reciprocate all those things. Uh -huh. It basically says, if your opponent plays any kind of permanent other than a resource, you get all the combo cards in your graveyard back. Yeah. That seems way too strong. Yeah. Are we Be missing something? I f either we're missing something, or I'm misunderstanding it. This card seems crazy, because every card... It's yeah. essentially saying you're going to draw like three or four cards a turn, minimum, yeah. if you have any combos. And even the ones that aren't that good are now ridiculous because you can keep using them. I have to look at I... the wording on Reciprocate again to make sure I'm not missing yeah. something. Because that seems like when a whatever, ability ally equipment, comes into play under an opponent's control, you may discard a card. If you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. So you, you do have to trade something out. So you're not... So I, not I guess I was yeah. getting a little ahead of myself. You're All not right. just netting free cards. It but still same, seems pretty nuts, though. That's... Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say it. It still seems pretty nuts. That that penalizes your, your opponent for playing the game. Yeah. Like in any capacity. Now, granted, you A, have to have played the combo. So there's that. And we did talk about the combos before. I know I wasn't as excited as you are. I like combos. But at the same time, you wouldn't be including them if you didn't want to. Yeah. I don't know. This I... feels really this feels really strong. Not nearly as strong as we were initially thinking. I, but... Yeah, but I still definitely think it seems strong. And that's part of this is we're getting... It, these are, our, as I said before, our freshest, hottest takes. We're yes. literally looking at the cards for the first time. And we haven't played any games with them trying to learn stuff and, you know, tease out our own thoughts with each other and share them with the world. Yes. So All right. this seems, I still think this is really strong. I think I agree. It, it's, if you're playing, I mean, it, it's a Windwalker talent. If you're playing Windwalker, I don't see a reason not to include this right now. Yeah, I agree. And it feels like a worthwhile reason to go into Windwalker, but we'll see. Alright, so our next card is Fuzan, the Wanderer's Companion. It is a Druid Hunter Monk, three-cost equipment. It is a two-handed weapon. It is a talent staff, melee one. Brewmaster talent, you can control any number of trinkets, and Fuzan has plus one attack for each trinket you control. Uh, exhaust, destroy an equipment you control. Your hero deals X fire damage to target hero or ally, where X is is 1 plus the cost of de the destroyed card. Is it attack 3, strike cost 2? 
melee. Melee, yes. So this one, obvious, well, maybe not obviously, but you're generally not going to punch something with it. Yeah. I just want to throw out there that I do think it's super cool that the talents, instead of typically being an ability or occasionally other stuff, it's tying back to the equipment or the talents. Like, and I, I think like that's that. cool. And yeah, especially when you're talking about monks. So one thing that I'm curious about this is that it can be utilized by druids and hunters. Yeah. But it's a brewmaster talent. So... I don't know exactly how... Off the top of my head, since especially since thing Because it used to be, you know, the way that the talents were, I don't think would allow this. Whereas... The new one, the way it's worded now is if you include this talent, whether it's brewmaster, windwalker, fire, unholy, whatever, you can't. It it's an exclusionary, yeah, exclusionary so statement. You can't have the other things if you have that, right? Yeah. So I don't know. So let's say you're a druid and you're a balanced druid because you have gale force winds, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Just make something up. Can you include this? Or if you include this, you can't use the other druid talents? I don't know. Or does it just not come into play? I I don't know off the top of my head the exact wording on how talents work now. And I don't recall that being in the supplementary documents for monks. But let's assume for the moment that it works. Yeah. Uh, Just from the monk perspective, what do you think? Just from the monk perspective, I think it seems... I think it seems pretty strong, especially if you, like, load yourself up with trinkets. So, I want to like that part, but here's yeah. the thing. There was a crafting card, Magnificent Flying Carpet, that lets you play any number of lo- have any number of locations in play. So you could have okay. Eye of the Storm and Alterac Valley and Undercity and this and that, and it sounds great. It sounds great, but then in You actuality... have to draw them all, and you have to have this. Now, yeah. the difference there is that you can only have one location normally. You can have two trinkets normally. So you don't have as many dead cards. You could... It's, it seems really fun, and the ability yeah. of just exhausting it and just popping a trinket that's going to at least do two. Yeah. That seems, seems really good. Yeah. Especially because you could do it right away. So if you went turn one trinket, turn two trinket, turn three this thing, kill one of their guys. Yeah, that seems really nice. I, I was definitely see the drawbacks, but... Like what? Like not drawing trinkets. Well, I mean, what if you... So if you had it naked with no trinkets, it's just a 3-2 for 3. Is Eh? Yeah, that part's a meh. Uh, it seems really cool. I would like to know how it's going to interact with, say, druid and hunter talents. Because, not that druids and hunters have dedicated trinkets, but there could be something unique in those classes that maybe this tr- you wish you could have had these yeah. multiple things. So, Last Relic of Argus, I believe, is a trinket. That's the one that's essentially a neutral mount. Your quest costs one less. When you uh, complete a quest, heal for three. So that seems kind of relevant if it was yeah. in Druid, which already favors healing, and then you could also access additional trinkets. It has potential. I, I really want, would want to check that. The fact that it's 
two-handed could be a problem. That's true. Because right now, if you're... Now, you wouldn't be able to play it with, say, Fist of the Heavens, but what if you wanted to play Big, Big Bad Wolf's Paw? Yeah, that's... Now you're, you're in trouble. That's true. So it's I... A... It's definitely wacky. It's definitely a Johnny card where you want to build a, a weird thing, about, a weird deck around it. Not sure how good it is yet. Yeah. I think that's fair. So what do you got next? Our next one is Iron Skin Brew. It is a three-cost instant equipment. It is a Brewmaster keg item. It is a trinket. Um, Two. Exhaust. Your hero has plus one attack this turn. Destroy this item. The next time your hero would be dealt damage this turn, prevent it. Ready your hero. So it's exhaust to give your hero assault one, but you can just destroy the item. Yes. And then the next time your hero be dealt damage, prevent it. Yeah. Now, it's not basic. You can do it in a... So you could do it on your opponent's turn. That's what... Yeah. Now, the ready your hero presumably is tied to destroying the item. I would imagine. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Destroy this item. The next time your hero will be dealt damage this turn, prevent it. Ready your hero. So you could get the Gorbelli type alpha strikes where you go swing in for a lot, pop this, swing in again. Sort of thing. Yeah. It obviously it, of note it's trinket for the other card, the one we just talked about. It's an instant, so you could keep your your butt out of the fire. Yeah. Uh, the I, assault one, as we've learned with Broderick, is important. Yeah, the, definitely the plus one attack is good. I I think it's it's solid. Well, what's the most important part about this card, wife? Um. To prevent the damage to me. No. Well, cause, well, because if you bring it with the no, you're wrong. Staff, Try guess again. Okay, fine. You're you're having plus one attack. Wrong. The fact guess that again. It's, it's an instant plus plus one attack. Wrong. Guess again. Oh my god! What? It's a keg. <laughs> that is the most important part of this card. Oh, I'm done. I'm done with you. Anyway. I'm so done with you. What is our next keg, wife? Our next keg, god damn it, is a purifying brew. It is a monk one cost instant equipment. It is a brewmaster keg item. For those that you can't see, I'm flipping husband off right now. It is a <laughs> trinket. When this item enters play, destroy each attachment on friendly heroes. Destroy this item. Choose up to three cards in each player's graveyard. Their owners shuffle them into their decks. So the Friendly Heroes is kind of cool because, as we talked about a few weeks ago, raids. Exactly. So it also feels super bad if you're going to be playing a Disease DK or a Affliction Warlock or anything where you want to be putting stuff on the opponent's hero because, uh, yeah, one cost and poof, they're all gone. Yeah, that would be... I like destroying attachments, so I like that. Um, the the but, graveyard removal effect is important too. Yeah, because at worst, removing Broderick's yeah, right? seems pretty good, and shuffling it into the deck is also interesting because there there could be there are a few warlock cards that let you deal with remove from game things or touch remove from game cards. I like it. I like it. I don't know how many I run. Maybe uh, yeah, it's a sideboard card. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many I run, but I like it. Because in most cases, actually, yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a sideboard card. Because in most cases, if you want graveyard removal, main deck, you're going to run it on a quest. Yeah. I don't think you want to take up a different card slot for this effect. This but is it, it's 
And that may be a problem that it's such a silver bullet for those linear strategies. So you can break someone's back, Bane style, if they're playing Affliction Warlock, and you play this. Yeah. Or they're relying on some sort of graveyard shenanigans. It That feels a little unfair. It does. I'm okay with it. But that's just because I hate attachments. So our next one... You know, husband, you haven't said a name in a while, so you should probably take this one. Why is that, wife? Because I have no idea how to pronounce that. Shailun? Shailun? Sure. Shailun, Staff of the Mists. That part I got. All right, it is a... Oh, you're going to take over now. Yeah. (laughs) Just in case. Um, It is a five-cost equipment. It is a two-handed weapon. It is a talent staff. It is uh, melee one. Mistweaver talent. Basic. Turn a face-down quest or location you control faced up. Four. Exhaust. Put a chi counter on this. Your hero has mend one for each chi counter on Shailun. It has one attack, it's holy damage, and its strike cost is three. So this one you're definitely not punching people with, but that's not the reason you're including it. Five cost is at a level where it's, okay, this really needs to be impacting the game a lot. You have things like Nether Breath, Spellblade, Despair, Winter. Uh, All the cards at that level really need to make sure that you're getting your money's worth on it. Now, this being a talent, it goes even farther beyond that. But the, the, so the first ability, basic flip a resource back up, that, there's no other cost with that. Yeah, it's just do the thing. That's really good. Yeah, that seems really strong. So let's say you have a mount out. It's because you're going to play it. Oh my god! You're going to immediately activate the ability. If it's a cheap quest, you can just immediately complete the quest again. This would, like, oh my god. So that's really cool. Then the second ability... And this is an independent ability, just to clarify. I hate myself for thinking of this, but this what? with bunnies would be really funny. You would never play this in I know, you never really would, but in my head it's amusing. Sorry, continue. So the second ability, just to clarify, is a second ability, correct? Yeah. So it's four and exhaust this, and put a counter on, your hero has mend one for every counter. That's pretty good. That seems solid. The problem is, is four is a lot. Yeah, like, I don't know how many... Basically, I I feel like this is probably 90-10, the power is in the flip. Yeah. That's what you're thinking as well, wife? Yeah, I definitely am. I... Now, I think that's really strong. I think it's strong. I think it's definitely strong. I just... The second half of it is... I feel like it needs to start with a counter. Maybe? Even if it's just one. Yeah, that could be... That would make it... But at the same time, as we, <sighs> have we been saying, that first power seems really, really, bonkers. really good. So, so I don't even know how much I care about the second counter. Like yeah, I mean, I'm I, sure there are times when I'm gonna care about it, but or maybe, yeah, maybe if when it came out, it did something on top of it. So like heal X. Yeah. I don't know. This this seems worth playing. Yeah, it definitely does. So what do we got next? Are you ready for it? Oh, I'm ready. Shocking claws. So, uh, Demon Hunter, I don't know, anyway, uh, Demon Hunter, Monk, Rogue, Shaman, two-cost equipment, it is a one-handed fist weapon, it is melee one, destroy this weapon, the next time your hero would be dealt damage this turn, prevent it, 
A character whose damage was prevented this way cannot ready during its controller's next ready step. Uh, to attack melee damage, zero strike cost. This is a really good weapon. So, I like this card. I really like this card. It's super versatile. I mean, yeah, you. there is an obvious drawback with popping it, aside yeah. from popping it. Like, but if you need it, you need it. It also provides... And this is where a lot of these cards that are multi-class are extra interesting, is it provides damage prevention to Rogue, which is not something that they typically have access to. This is true. So you can clear, 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 because zero strike cost. Yeah. And the zero, I think the zero strike cost makes this close to ridiculous. I, yeah, I think the strike cost is going to have to get changed. So compare it to, say, Perdition's Blade, which was... Way back when, old standby. It's a Perdition's Blade is a dagger that's a two damage, one strike cost weapon for two. Then when it comes out, it deals one damage. If you play it on turn two, yeah, you might get a one health guy in modern, recent classic. You're probably not going to. Yeah. Because any one health guy is never going to die to hero damage because Lady Bancroft, Garrett Vice, that sort of thing. You might be able to ping something, maybe. What's really going to happen is you're going to be punching stuff. But in reality, you're going to do that on turn three, because you need to pay the one. Yeah. This comes this out one. and immediately starts clearing the board. So this feels a little power creepy. It does. I definitely agree. But Especially because it has a second positive effect. Yeah. If this I... was 100% a negative effect, then... then... Maybe. It still might get played. Yeah. Because it's a zero strike cost deal to damage. On turn two. Yeah. It, like. So if you're going first, you're clearing their one drop, and then you're going to have it ready again to clear it their next card. I like it. Yeah, this seems... I really like this it. This is really strong. All right. So consensus reach. Next one is Soul of the Grandmaster. It is a two-cost monk equipment item. It is a ring... If your hero would deal non-combat damage, it deals that much, plus one instead. Four, exhaust, return a talent card from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this power only if your hero has dealt ten or more damage this turn. Really? Uh-huh. So, it does change a significant number of the ability card breakpoints. Yes. Meaning that... If it was dealing two, now it's dealing three, or more importantly, if three to four damage. So you can get those guys that maybe would have sat out there. That being said, and it only costs two, so that that's yeah. acceptable. The second ability, I don't know how often you're going to trigger that. We yeah. did have some of the earlier stuff that I mean, we thought was going to, oh, well, I'd punch you for a million. Yeah. I think if it works out, it's fine. I just... But the question is let's what... Let's be real. When is it going to work out? The question is what talent card are you returning? None of the ones that we talked about that I can recall were destroying themselves. So it would have to be your opponent dealt with it. Yeah. And then it's, I don't know, it it feels like a lot for that second one, so, I mean, I and the other talents, I'm trying to shuffle through my papers real quick, so I apologize for the extra noise. I mean, the weapons, obviously, would have to get destroyed. Yeah. 
Uh, you have Life Cocoon, which is not assisting you in doing additional damage, but keeps you alive, so I guess there's that. You could cycle it. So you, you put yeah. it out there, and then you use this to recur it, but you had to have done 10 prior. What I, I guess where I'm coming at it is, if you've done 10 damage, you're presumably trying to close the game, right? I would assume. So you, what you want to recur is more damage. Yeah. And yeah, life cycles, which is another talent that is so recurring it's... your allies, potentially. So it has to be your hero is done. So you can't say double dag axe, life cycles. Well, life cycles wouldn't even die then. Yeah, so that that one's going to be kind of clunky. Uh, the special delivery. But that... I don't think that one... You know, that that's another yeah. one of... I don't care if I'm recurring it. Uh, Whirling Dragon Punch. Your hero deals melee damage equal to its attack to each opposing hero and ally. You can return some combo cards to your hand. There's potential there, but it costs five. So now you're talking... That's nine in one turn. Yeah. Nine resources. That's a lot. I so I think the consensus on this card is the first part's pretty good. It's fine. It's you know, it is what it is. The second part, if you can figure out a way to use it, I think it's great. If you can figure out a way to use it once you have the like to end the game, but other than that I think this could have a place in solo monk because of the first line. Yeah. The second line is whatever. Yeah, that's kinda where I am. So what's the so, next one? Next one is the first Satyr Spalders. It is a demon hunter monk four cost equipment. It is a leather armor. Shoulders one. At the start of your turn, your hero deals one nature damage to each opposing hero and ally with more damage on it than your hero. This armor has plus one defense for each opposing hero and ally with less damage on it than your hero. What's the base armor? It is two defense. So, I don't know about this one. What do you think, wife? I don't care for it that much. Like, I don't think it's bad. I just... I don't think it's very good. Uh, yeah, it's there. It's a card. So I the, So... We'll, uh, we'll break it into two parts. At the start of your turn, your hero deals one nature damage to each opposing hero and ally with more damage on it than your hero. So it's cool that it does to each. Yeah. So it's your whole opponent's team. But let's say you have two damage on you. It's not a lot of damage. Yeah. And they play a two health ally. Yeah. It's... Your hero still has... Like, like it's never going to yeah. do anything. Yeah. It... it it's dealing a minute amount of damage to presumably, or it would have to be high health allies, because otherwise they yeah. wouldn't have more damage. And obviously later in the game it would get turned off. Now, the second part, so if they have... This armor has plus one defense for each opposing hero and ally with less damage on it than your hero. So that part, you could have a lot... But the problem is is that, so let's say this thing had 10 counters on it, or 10 defense, because they have a ton of guys. Yeah. You're only preventing the damage from one of them. So if they have a yeah. bunch of little guys, you feel super bad. I don't know. I'm not a fan of this card. It also yeah. feels, because of the, the polar opposites of the effects, 
it's simultaneously interesting and frustrating because yeah. you know in game every time that anything like anything changes every all the players in the game are going to want to reread it more yeah. so than i think any other card would be because of oh wait so this guy now has damage so that means what again it changes the math so much so frequently i i don't like this card on multiple levels <laughs> i i agree so what do we got next? Our next has an excellent image uh, with it. If you want to check out the Facebook group, it's on there. Uh, it's the Trousers of Cultivation. It is Death Knight, Demon Hunter, Druid, Monk, and Warrior. It is a three-cost equipment. It is leather leg armor. If one or more tokens would come into play under your control, put another of those tokens into play. If one or more counters would be added to a card you control... Add another of those counters to that card, and it has zero base defense. Well, that's good because this card seems pretty good. Right? So I don't think it's really going to get utilized by monks that much. No, but oh my god, you army of the dead? That would be pretty fun. You infinite army? Like, I mean, you know, infinite army, but seriously? Yeah, you get a lot more ghouls, or if you play it in druid, you get a ton more uh, treants. I don't know why Warrior gets this. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, can't think of it. I like, I can think. A I mean, they bit, do but... put some plus one attack counters. There's Shield Wall or whatever that thing is that makes armor tokens. Um, it seems a little odd that they would get it, but I mean, it's exciting for if you like tokens. Go ahead. I freaking you love found tokens. Your found your next four cards. I love tokens. So now, I think to, this is exciting. To circle back to a card that you liked for monks, what about that one that makes keg tokens? That would also be, if I was just about to say that, that would also be fantastic. Yeah, Infinite it, kegs. This card, especially following up the last one, this one gets an A. Yeah. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. I, it, it may not be competitively viable, but it, it does have some cool stuff about it. Yeah, I, I like this. All right. Um, our next one is Brother Korloff. He is an Alliance hero. <laughs> he is a human monk. Uh, front flip one. Korloff deals one melee damage to target ally. Back once per game. Basic eight. Korloff deals five fire damage to each opposing ally. He has 28 health. Interesting. But he's a human, so whatever. Well, yeah. He, this guy's pretty decent, I guess. The one damage, obviously, can be relevant. It's not basic, so you could do it on your opponent's turn. Yeah. Which is important. It also only costs one, so that's pretty cool. Uh, human lets gives you access to things like Lordaeron. Uh, that's true. Silver Palomino. I don't know if they really interact well with any of the monk stuff. Eh, he's fine. He's a alliance, whatever. But let's talk about this next card, because this next card is the best card. Are you excited? It is Chen Storm's Doubt. He is Alliance Horde. He's a hero. He's a Pandaren monk. He is front basic four, flip Chen, back hardiness. He has zero attack, 29 health. Uh, melee damage, and he's Chen, so I don't even care because he's Chen Storm's Stout. So I'm just throwing it out there. Chen did help Brawl and Karen with the Founding of Orgrimmar, so maybe you should just be Horde. Yeah, 
I, um, I know he's, he's really, and it's supposed to be Chen in the trailer is the one that beats the snot out of the, uh, the Alliance guy and the Horde guy that land on the shores of Pandaria. I, I recognize that and I love it because, okay, so I love Chen. If you haven't figured that out by now, uh, he was one of the characters that actually got me into this game. So yeah. So the hardiness is cool. I do really like that, and I I love the legacy stuff that comes back. So that was always a complaint that I had about both Upper Deck and Cryptozoic, is that they didn't really support a lot of the legacy mechanics. It was often, hey, we get this mechanic, you'll never see it again. Right. And it it made me sad, because there were a lot of cool ideas, and they were just left by the wayside. Now, I assume, if the game were still continuing, we would get things to relate back to. So, in War of the Ancients, for example, they had Scourge allies which helped the old Scourge heroes. Yeah. But it's cool to see it coming back. It's also interesting that Pandaren, like Torin, get extra health. So that's pretty cool. 29 health is a lot. Yeah, it is. And with hardiness, it's even a lot more. Oh, I love hardiness. So the idea of a solo Chen build seems like it could shape up. And it would be so much fun. Alright, our next one is Aramis Brightblaze. He is a Horde Blood Elf Monk Hero. Um, front basic four, exhausted allies don't ready during target opponent's next ready step. Back once per game, pay one. Uh, this turn, Aramis has three ready Aramis. Pay three ready Aramis. So once per game... Once per game. So the way that's worded is it's essentially four ready Aramis. Yeah. Unless we're misreading that. That's what it seems like. I'm slightly confused, but yes. I feel like that could just get cleaned up to once per game. Pay four, four, ready. Because otherwise, if it's the other way where you could split it up, I don't know, then the one isn't kind of inconsequential. I don't know. Yeah. I I kind of wish this guy was a troll, because he, it, it's also another one that's kind of begging to be a solo because it's ready to hero. Yeah. And the trolls have, say, Senjin Village to heal themselves. Yeah. Which I would mean, be cool. I was going to say it has Silvermoon so it can turn off stuff, but, like... I mean, that's, I don't, if you're playing solo, that's kind of yeah. Well, anything, that's kind of important. It's good. It's fine. Yeah, the, the Exhausted Allies thing is pretty cool. So you can buy yourself a turn and set up for that Wombo to close out the game. This guy's pretty cool. He's, I'm assuming, 28 health. Uh, yes. And our next hero is Zin the Weapon Master. He is a neutral monster hero. He is a Mogu monk. He His friend, Basic 2, search your deck for a weapon card, reveal it and put it in your hand. Then shuffle your deck, discard a card at random, and flip Jin. Uh, back, basic seven. Jin gains Mega Wield. Your weapons have Invincible. He has 28 health. So, first thing, lore-wise, I don't think there were ever Mogu monks. And I no. don't know if they become monks after Pandaria starts. Because the whole thing was that the Mogu were enslaving the Pandaren. Yeah. And the Pandaren created the monk discipline in order to fight back because the Mogu wouldn't allow them to have any weapons. Yeah. So they trained their bodies to be a weapon. 
But ergo, the Mogu had all the weapons. My whole body's weapon. So, I mean, I get it. There, there should be a Mogu hero, especially based on what we saw earlier yeah. with Lei Shen. But I don't know if it fits as a monk. Yeah, but as neither of us have gotten far enough into maybe Maybe Pandaria, I'm totally off base on um, that, but... Yeah. So the first part of this guy's power is awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, obviously, you could feel super bad about it. You discard something you want. I don't like discarding things at random. It makes me anxious. Yeah, but if you're doing it on turn two, so you do... Uh, Yeah. Let's say you turn one, do nothing. So you had seven cards, you play one, you're down to six. Turn two, you draw up to seven. You play one, you're back down to six. Uh-huh. You flip. You put one into your hand. So you're up to seven. So it's a one in seven shot of potentially pitching whatever you just searched for. Which, if you build it correctly, may not matter because if it's a death rattle effect or it's something that gives you a power while it's in the graveyard or you have a way to recur mm-hmm. it, then who cares? That's true. Uh, so you can build around that fact. But yeah, there is that potential. Now, the Mega Wield, did he clarify exactly what that means? I do not see clarification for Mega Wield, and I was actually going to ask you... Oh, wait, here we go. From Infinite to Mega, 1,000 hands worth of melee weapons and strike with any number of them each combat. So, Infinite Wield already exists. Yeah. I don't know why there's a difference. I think lore-wise, but I'm honestly not sure. But even at that point, does it... Yes, there's a difference between infinite and a thousand, but does it really matter? Yeah, but... um, Your weapons having invincible probably doesn't matter? Yeah. I mean, it it matters, but at the same... I don't know. I don't know if you're ever actually going to activate that. If you're paying seven to then have any number, essentially, of weapons... Yeah. Who cares? Like, I don't know what... There aren't even enough weapons that you're going to want to play. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it could be fun, but yeah, I think... It, it's, it's really the a, power is in the first Yeah, form. the power is definitely the first one. So is he 28 health? Yes. Okay. So right. what's our next one? We only got two left. The Storm, Earth, and Fire. It is a monk, seven-cost master hero. It is a Windwalker spirit. When your hero becomes the storm, put three melee attack. Four health, earth spirit ally token with... Wait. Let's try that again. When your hero becomes the storm, put a three melee attack, four health, earth spirit ally token with protector. And a three fire attack, four health, fire spirit token ally with ferocity into play. Sentinel, when you control no spirit allies, put your starting hero into play. So, and what's the attack and health? It is 3 attack, 32 health, nature damage. Uh, and the sentinel is on you, not on the fire ally. Uh, that's what it looks like. It would make sense, because each of them have their own power. So you get a 3-4 with protector, a 3-4 with ferocity, and you're a 3-32 with sentinel. Yeah. That seems, like... What it makes sense. So, I remember something on the Facebook group about the wording of when your hero becomes the storm and how it doesn't technically work because it doesn't say the storm Uh on here anywhere. 
presumably that'll get cleaned up. The obvious intent is that when your hero becomes this. Um, I like this guy. I like... I really like the image of it. Like, you're turning into this, like, great spirit for a second, and then the spirit fades, and... Well, only if you let the other two Well, yeah, only if you let them die, Especially since you have Sentinel, you can protect twice. That's true. Or, well, you don't get Protector with this on your guy. Yeah, so you need something... But you attack for nine the turn this comes out, because you get the the three, four ferocity guy, and you get three attack and sentinel, not counting any other weapons or anything else. And if you have the trousers of cultivation in. You got even more. Yeah. It's, now, when you control no spirit allies, off the top of my head, I think there's King Terranus II is a spirit. There might be one or two other spirits. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's really a way to abuse that. I think this is a reasonable power level for this. Maybe it should cost eight. Maybe. Uh, I mean, but... the, it's not that it does a lot of damage, and obviously your opponent could reset it. And especially if, say, they get you up 28 and they pop your allies and you revert back and you just die. That would feel real bad. I'm not sure. I'd have to play with it yeah. a few games to see. I, I do really like the idea of the card, though. Yeah, the thematically, I think it works. All right. So and what's our last one? Finally, we have a brewing situation. It is a monk quest. On your turn, pay three to complete this quest. Reward, return equipment with cost three or less from your graveyard into play. It's a quest. It's interesting. It, there are a few things that you'd want to return. It It's fine. Yeah. I'm a little upset that there's no Stormstout Brewery as a location. Yeah, that would be really awesome. But can't have everything. No. So. And we have Chen as a um, hero, so I'm good. Chen is really cool. So uh, that's the remainder of the set. We're going to, as we started out with, circle back at least once more to kind of go over the set as a whole. Talk about any of our thoughts. I'm sure there will be corrections and changes by the time we record a new one yes. and release it. But uh, hopefully everybody go check out the uh, Facebook group. Take a look at the Google Doc where everything's stored. Definitely send us or the group or Logan directly or whoever. Definitely post your comments on this because they're looking for feedback. I think there are a lot of cool ideas in I here. I think there are a lot of really cool ideas, and I like how different it is when you really get down to it, like how different it is from like all the different classes yeah they did i think flavor wise it comes through on a lot of stuff but we'll leave that for our uh, wrap-up episode regarding the set so that does it for us this time in the meantime i'm wife and i'm husband have a great day everybody so for all other things random thoughts you can find us on itunes at our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com. You can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. <laughs>